I'm like, yeah, it tastes like something I should have rubbed on my thigh. Thank you very much. Crazy. Thanks for putting aspir cream in my RC Cola. Y'all are both on crack, man. Root beer is good. You're out of your mind. Oh. You're probably going to raise your child this way, too, and we'll have to make fun of him. <laughs> Welcome to Not So Southern Gentlemen, where this week we are joined by the amazing, the wonderful, Steve. Well, that was what up, Stevie? Can we have that again? Did you say amazing and wonderful? Hey, right? absolutely. Uh, I need Dude, to have amazing and wonderful. Dude, you're like yeah. our our own hype man, but free. I don't know what's going on with that. Is, well, is, Sean, you... is Sean paying you? No. Um, there is a, a small thing that I want to bring up. Um, in the in the early days of the Not So uh, Southern Gentleman podcast, oh. I entered a competition, and, and I won a competition. Won. Uh, it was mm-hmm. for a, 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 a an Apple gift card, and um, due to international restrictions on uh, <laughs> Apple products, I have not yet been able to get my Apple <laughs> gift card. So basically, I'm not actually on the show. I'm just here to get my 15 bucks. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, uh, Sean, you mean Sean never converted uh, American currency to space points and got them to you somehow? No. Hmm. Well, damn it. He he caught up on us. (laughs) Abort. That's that's what this is about. I I just remember him saying, well, I'll give the $15 to my wife. And that was the end of it. That was all I heard of it. (laughs) Well, uh, Stevie, watch. That's really what I did, too. Stevie, why don't you tell us a little about where you are right now? Okay, well, right now I'm in a little place called Carrick Fergus, which is about 14 miles outside of Belfast, which is the capital of Northern Ireland uh, in the UK. So it's about 2 o'clock in my afternoon, and um, you guys are, what, around 8 a.m.? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eight, around th- eight a.m. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Th- thanks yeah. to Ricky, it's around eight thirty-six right now. But <laughs> yeah. what what I wanted to know is, and what Sean wouldn't tell me was, what is your specific jam? What is it about the fandom? What is your thing? Oh man, I I have so many. Um, I I like a smorgasbord of uh, fandoms. I like a little bit of Star Wars, a little bit of Star Trek. I like uh, a little bit of Transformers. I like Marvel comics, I like DC comics, I like collecting classic comics, I like collecting comic artwork. Basically, if I see it, I tend to buy it and collect it. I'm all over the place. Um, There's nothing really much I don't like. I'm not really into anime, that's not really my cup of tea, but apart from that, across the fandom of comics, there's uh, there's not much I haven't collected over my, my years, I think. No, no, Stevie, what you like, not what I like. That's everything I like. All right, well, um, <laughs> let me see specifically. Uh, Mask would be um, my favorite, sort of. If we're going back to, to childhood, uh, Mask was always my favorite and still is. But I wouldn't say that I'm, a, I'm an obsessed collector of Mask purely because it's that expensive now. In order to go back and get any of those toys, it's so expensive. Oh, yeah. So I tend, to stay, yeah, I tend to stay away from the classic toys. I like them. I have a few pieces. But more and more now, I suppose I'm into collecting first appearance comics would really be my main jam now, I think. I gotcha. Yeah, I feel the same way about Mask. I've only got, like, Condor and, uh, oh, what's the, 
what's the bat? What's the one guy with the uh, motorcycle with? Rana. Yeah, that's the one I got. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's one I always wanted as a child and never had. So thank you for rubbing salt in that wound, Rick. Thank you for that. that yeah, yeah, I just found him awesome. at a uh, found him at a yard sale or something. It was awesome. Oh, that casually. So I've wanted it for thirty years, and you just happened to pick it up at a second. I thought, lovely, lovely. Thank well, you. that's that's basically how everything works for me. So, what is your? Is awesome. I, I wanted I wanted one thing. And what is your item you are proudest of? What is the what is the holy grail that you've gotten so far? Okay, this will take a minute or two for me to tell this story, if, if you're happy enough for that. Just tell me to shut up if you get bored during it. Um, about five years ago, my wife and I went to New York City, and I decided that I wanted to go out and visit uh, the Secret Stash, Kevin uh, Smith's uh, comic store there. Nice. So we, yeah, we got on a train... And it was Thanksgiving, so we got on a train and we went out to Red Bank, New Jersey, and we walked down and went into the secret stash. So I'm a big Kevin Smith fan, so it was fun to see that Buddy Jesus statue and the, the original sort of stuff they have in there. But I had I had gone expecting not to see the cast of comic book guys because they're on a TV show, so I didn't think they'd be there. But just in case, I brought an ice hockey jersey from Belfast with Flanagan 37 on the back of it. And what I was going to do was just leave it for Walt Flanagan so we could get it. But we walked in and Walt Flanagan was working that day. So I started started speaking to Walt and um, I gave Walt the jersey. And he was really, really so impressed. Walt seems like a grumpy guy when you watch the show. But in, in real life, he's actually lovely. He's really, really kind man. So I brought some comics with me and... Um, I got him to sign some comics, and we were talking about he's the he's the artist on the Widening Gear uh, by Kevin Smith, and I was talking about the Joker and how well he he drew the Joker. It reminded me of Brian Boland's Joker, and you could tell I I had just made Walt Flanagan's day by telling him this. But I asked him the Secret Stash have a thing that if you buy one of the the, the sort of the the hardback books, Walt Flanagan will then sketch a character in it for you, so he'll sketch it while he's drawing. So Walt said, hold on a minute, and I'll be back in a second. So I'm just looking around the store, and Walt Flanagan goes out the back, downstairs in the secret stash, comes back out, and he walks over to the counter of the, the secret stash, and he sets down an original page of artwork from the Widening Gear, And he sets it down, and he says, this is for you. And I went, well, uh, uh, uh. He goes, this for coming to see us, for bringing me the jersey. I just wanted to let you know I really appreciate it. So I almost started to cry <laughs> as a fully grown adult. I'm standing in this comic book store going, because, oh, I mean, uh, original artwork is expensive stuff. This is drawn by Walt Flanagan, and Art Tebow is the inker on this. So and it, it features Batman. It's got the Batmobile. It's got Silver and Cloud on it. So to buy this piece of artwork that he's just given me in the market would probably be around $500. And he oh, gave yeah. It to me. Yeah, artwork. Uh, Artwork has skyrocketed. The pieces I have, I've gotten for a steal. Uh, I've even got one piece of artwork I got for like 20 bucks, you know, years ago. Man, you should have just told him, I, I, man, I can't take this. I don't know how I'm going to get it home. Well, the, <laughs> gee, that's it, right? So it's Thanksgiving. It's, it's snowing outside, right? I have no bag big enough to get this back. So I have to put this piece of original artwork that Wolf Flanagan has given me up my coat. So I'm walking down. <laughs> Right, 
as stiff as a board. I'm scared racing this. And I have to sit in a train jersey back the uh, train back for the hour and a half to, to New York City with this piece of artwork up my coat. It did manage to get it home, though. It survived. And, it, it, and back to your original question, it absolutely is my pride and joy. Out of everything I have in my collection, if my house was going fire, I would go back in and rescue that person. Nice. That is so awesome. awesome. That's exactly mm. what I wanted to hear. Man, and, you know, that's, that's something that you never really think about. When you until you start do, going to conventions, you start getting things. You're like, "Oh shit! How do I get this home?" <laughs> you get this box. You get this box. It's like two foot long of this pristine item you've always wanted. You're like, "Oh, I'm flying. How do I? What?" Yeah, I, I even I, I think I might start a business at conventions, just selling boards and bags and tubes and things and, and foliage that hold posters. Because you'd make a fortune. Every convention I've been to, I've always walked around going. How am I getting? I can't even get this out the door. How am I? You know, it's a, maybe it's an idea, guys. Maybe we can set up a business. Nice. That would be awesome, dude. I'm just excited you got to meet Walt Flanagan. Like I'm sitting here with the story, and I'm like, I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I, I totally love your story. I, I am such a huge Kevin Smith, uh, fan myself, and. Ah, uh, the idea of meeting Walt Flanagan is just incredible. Man, that have guy's faster than Walt Flanagan's Walt dog. Walt Flanagan's dog. Yeah, I know. Have you have you time for a quick Kevin Smith story as well? Really quick, just while we're on the subject of it. And this isn't me going, oh, look, I've met all the big guys. These are literally only two people I've ever met. <laughs> but I was, in, I was in Vegas on holiday, and Kevin Smith was doing a live show uh, at the Hard Rock Cafe. So again, I got a Belfast Giants jersey made up with uh, Smith 37 on the back. So I stood, and Kevin Smith does a really good show. If you've ever seen any of his live stuff, he just talks. He just gets on mm-hmm. a microphone, doesn't shut up, and just talks. Talks and talks and talks. So after two and a half hours, um, the show was over, and um, he said, thanks, safe home, guys, thanks for coming. So I run at full speed down to where he's just leaving at the, at the sort of stage door in the, in the, the, the venue. And I, I beg the security guy, I said, look, I've got to see Kevin Smith just for one minute, just for one minute. And the security guy goes, no, no, you're not getting through, no. And Kevin Smith stops, looks over and goes, let him through. So the, the, the door opens and Kevin Smith walks through the doorway with me. And I said, Kevin, look, I just wanted to say I'm a big fan of your stuff. I love everything you do. And I brought you this jersey because I know you're, you're into your, your jerseys. So he looked at it, at the back of it, and he was like, oh, my God, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. And he reached out and he gave me this massive hug. Oh. And he says, I'm, I'm in a little bit of a hurry. I've got to be somewhere. Um, are you in Vegas tomorrow? And I said, uh, no, I go home tonight. And he said, man, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I was going to ask you and your, your wife to come along and spend some time with us tomorrow. But uh, uh, yeah. It, oh, it, that, it that hurts. <laughs> yeah. But you see, for the, I would say I, I was in his company for about three minutes. And oh. he... He not only, he gave his sole attention to me. He wasn't interested in anything else. He wasn't interested in getting out of there. He just stood and listened to me talk. And then he thanked me for being a fan. He took a selfie with me, let me take a selfie with him. And Kevin Smith is an awesome dude. I'm so glad I got oh. to meet him. You know, that's so funny because, I mean, that really comes... Okay, so I'm a fan of Kevin Smith as well, watches movies. But I still listen to Fat Man on Batman, which and... If you, if you listen long enough, you start picking up this stuff. Like, every time somebody sneezes in the crowd, he stops and says, God bless you. Anytime somebody has a story that, I mean, like, you can hear him being empathic with yeah. with the crowd. And he's just, yeah. 
That's why I like listening to him. I mean, it's not just him sitting there spitting out the same stuff. It is, he really does care about his fans. Yeah, for those for those three minutes that I met him, I was the only person in the universe with Kevin Smith, and that's how he made me feel. And that, from somebody that you admire, somebody that's a celebrity, is amazing. I mean, it's it's absolutely fantastic. I, I, I uh, he was such a great guy. Sean has left the podcast temporarily because, oh my God, I would die for that moment. Like that that is my that is my hero moment. I am I'm beyond jealous of that that is such an incredible thing i yeah if i was to ever meet kevin smith that's that's the end all be all on my bucket list is that guy right there and that is so awesome very cool very cool let's move into the podcast proper we did have some news this week sean woody how did you feel about our friend uh scott wilson the 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 actor uh scott wilson from the walking dead herschel he has he has passed away at the age of 76 and you know i i hate starting podcasts with with the sad stuff with you know we're getting into the news and we always start this way but but scott wilson if you look at it we've i've been watching this guy for so long i i tried to remember the first time i ever seen scott wilson in something and for me it had to be csi you know he pe- he played uh catherine the redhead he played her dad and he was like a, a casino owner and kind of a a gun runner or a gang leader like that's probably the first time i seen him but when he was on walking dead the the impact of herschel on that show uh literally kept me going there there were times that i, I would get lulled out and scott wilson's herschel really solidified those first few seasons of that show for me and with him gone, it is truly one of the points where I started trailing off and just not watching anymore. So, uh, it, it's honestly, it, it's terrible that we lost him, and uh, he, he will be dearly missed. Uh, yeah, I really liked, I mean, a lot of people give Walking Dead crap for that second season uh, in the farm. I, I liked him, and uh, that his ending was really impactful in that show. I mean... Uh, it was it was bad, but uh, you know I, I think the first time I saw him and I didn't recognize him until you know after all the Herschel stuff. But uh, in Young Guns too, he was he was in that. And he that, was. Yeah, that's probably the only other place I know he's done a ton of stuff like Shiloh and uh, GI Jane and the X Files. But yeah, that's that's where I remember him standing out. That is crazy. I didn't even think about that in Young Guns. Yeah, uh, Sean, 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 what the heck is really going on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, let me talk about this. Now, I'm not an art guy, okay? But yeah. <laughs> something happened this week that is completely awesome. That this is the kind of artist that I could follow. If you don't know who Banksy is, you know, Banksy is this legendary guy. Nobody nobody knows who he is. He does this art. So a piece of his art made it made its way to, was it Christie's? Yeah, it made its way to Christie's auction, yes. And as the gavel fell for $1.4 million for this piece of art from this, this artist, it shredded itself live. Yeah, he... He hit a button, and the painting completely shredded itself. And yeah. which, 
to some people makes it even yeah uh, more it's worth more well, now i i had just watched a uh, a youtube video moments uh before we uh i called stevie to what? start recording was and, it the one he um, put up well i i watched the one he put up where he showed you know how he had uh installed the shredder months or even years before you know we, we don't know any timelines on when he does his stuff um but the crazy thing is is because the gavel had fell christie's is still in negotiation with the buyer who has remained unknown as well and if they cannot come to an agreement on the 1.4 million dollar price it could be re-put up for auction and the uh the news article had suggested that it could be double the price by him shredding it oh yeah yeah because now it's now it's just that way i mean it's if you haven't seen it i mean the 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 painting itself which now the whole thing is the part of the piece it is like three quarters of the way down the frame and the rest of it is shredded underneath so i mean that still could be considered a whole entire piece of art by this artist. That is incredible. Stevie, have you heard anything of Banksy or, or know anything about this guy? Yeah, um, in, the, in the UK, um, every now and again, Banksy's artwork will pop up and he does things like he'll put it on a on a phone box or he'll put it on the side of a gable wall or he'll put something uh, in a little unknown place. Nobody knows it's coming. And then all of a sudden, imagine you lived in a house, right? And on the side of your house in the middle of the night, this guy Banksy comes along and paints a mural, and your house is suddenly valued at 3.4 million pounds just because Banksy has drawn on the side of your house. And there's been a few occasions where the council have come along and they've removed artwork by oh. Banksy, just just like they've come along. Yeah, they've power hosed it off the side of buildings and stuff, and it's just like, well, well, there goes 3.4 million that you could have had. But yeah, yeah. So he's he's quite he's quite well known as a as an artist here in the UK, but uh, mostly for his publicity stunts. He had a, a thing where he put a theme park on for a while. It was the worst theme park in the world. Yeah. Where he just went there. I, I can't remember the name of it now. But it, it, actually, it, it wasn't Disneyland. It was like a Dyerland or yeah, something Yeah, Dismaland. Like something along Dismal those lines. Dismaland. Yeah. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That I, I remember that Dismaland just because uh, he had that uh, artwork uh, where it looked like Little Mermaid was all blurred. Uh, and I was like, that is the weirdest looking artwork for Little Mermaid. I don't know. The, the guy is extremely talented. And if Banksy wants to come to Arkansas and paint something on the side of my house, absolutely. <laughs> More than free to do that. Sean, I think, I think, uh, uh, no. <laughs> Listen, man, I don't care. Hey, I just want the $3.4 million house. I'll, I'll sell it tomorrow with everything in it for that amount. Nice. Yeah, the, the paint wouldn't be dry by the time I sold it. So that's that's absolutely correct. Who wants it? Highest bidder. Please don't shred my house, Bingsy. <laughs> awesome. So, um, Stevie, you said you're a Star Wars fan. What is yeah. your opinion of the new artwork and news about John Favreau's Star Wars series, The I, Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Dear, Mandalorian. Dear God, Mandalorian. Ca Captain Mandalorian's violin. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, I should be, I should be over the moon, but I'm gonna maybe create a huge sin in in, in Star Wars. But um, I'm not a big fan of Boba Fett. I'm not, I'm not a Fett fan. Um, he never really did it for me. Um, I just thought he was quite crappy at his job and wasn't very good. Um, I've seen 
the, the the shots that we see of it, the, the Mandalorian walking through the uh, the marketplace, it looks very good. A few differences in the helmet. There's no aerial. He seems to have like a, a sort of sniper rifle on his back. Looks to be quite interesting. This is set after the fall of the Empire and before First Order. So I don't know how they're going to work with that. Um, are, are all Fets the same sort of clone? Do you? Does anyone? Do you guys know? I don't. I don't know. That's what I was wondering as well. I didn't know if all the Mandalorian were were chosen uh, clones of Jango or or not. I, I don't know much of the lore of Mandalorian, Rick. Um, well, I mean, there's a pl- planet Mandalore, of course, is its own thing. Um, now, I did not follow Rebels. Uh, yeah, they're, they're their own thing. They're a people, and um, they the, this armor, they have different colors of armor. It's not just everybody's walking around looking like Boba Fett or Jango Fett. But, yeah. I mean, it's all similarly styled. Speaking to the popularity of Boba Fett, you know, you either are or you aren't. That's the way I've always... I've never met somebody who is just middle-of-the-road Boba Fett. <laughs> Like, either you really liked Boba Fett, and it's a style thing. I mean, like, he's he's a man of mystery, nobody really knows, and he's got this limited thing, and you want more. Or you're like, oh, God, everybody always wants more of Boba Fett. Tell me this, though. Have you ever seen the uh, the actor, not not uh, Jeremy Bullock, right? No, there was a guy who was doing a stand-in part. In the in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The old guy, like you. There's, yeah. a, there's a picture of him, like standing next to the uh, the girls out of Return of the Jedi with his helmet on. Yeah, he he looks like when you see that, it's like Boba Fett was your was your third grade geography teacher. It's just it's just like it sort of ruined the mystique a bit of the character for me. I think when I saw that. Either, he, that that looked more like my art teacher. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. This I don't know, man. This show. Even though it is John Favreau, I I think they're gonna throw so much money at the budget of each episode that you know as long as the story is somewhat good, which you should expect <coughs> from a Favreau type film, I I think you've got a you've got a solid show. I mean he he could tell an incredible story on this platform. So let me ask this question: Since we're on John Favreau, have either of you ever watched Chef? Uh, no, Chef. I, I I haven't seen that yet. That's the one where he has the food truck, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I I no. keep I keep I keep meaning to watch it because I like John Favreau as an actor and and and, uh, and as a director, he's been quite interesting as well. And, and the subject matter interests me. We don't really have food trucks here. Um, they there are trucks that sell food. That's okay. We don't we don't either. Like Sean does. He lives in a larger metropolitan area. Yeah. We actually have we we have what you could call food trucks, but it's where somebody got this lot in the middle of town and said, "Hey, come park your food trucks here," and people come to you. The food trucks don't really go to people like yeah. you would think. We 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 don't even really have them as a thing. Um, there are mobile vans that would sell uh, like fish and chips. Maybe maybe that would be about it. But the the, the sort of concept of a food truck where you have really high level food preparation and, and, you know, quality food being made, absolutely not. That just doesn't exist as a thing here. And it's a pity because um, I had uh, I had food from a Korean barbecue, I think, in Los Angeles when I was there, and it's some of the best food I've ever eaten in my life. It was oh, like, yeah. you know, high-end, high high-end cuisine, and I'm sitting here eating it in a, of a van on the street. But unfortunately, in the UK, it doesn't exist. So I haven't seen the movie. How is it? Is it, is it a good film? Um, it is. It is pretty good. I mean, it's a it's a drama. You know, it's about him and his kid, 
really. And uh, man, but the food, if you do not want to watch that movie hungry, you will you will eat part of the couch. Um, in <laughs> fact, awesome. uh, a couple episodes ago, I did cut this out, but I was talking about food. And one of the recipes he he makes, specifically for Scarlett Johansson in that movie, I've been making, we've added it to our normal rotation of food. It is so damn good. It is awesome. That is way cool. I didn't know you got that from uh, a John Favreau show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is crazy. That's way awesome. Um, speaking of way awesome, Ricky, I, I know you're, I, I seen you make a big post about it. Before I say a word, I want to hear what you think of the five-minute Aquaman featurette, you would say. I would I would call this much more than a trailer. Much more than a trailer. Well, yeah. Stevie, have you seen this yet? Yeah, I, I watched it just before we came on air. I, I, I haven't seen it at all, but I, I caught five minutes of it, and uh, it really uh, it surprised me. Um, Aquaman is not my favorite character. Um if you're not a DC guy, a lot of people don't know Aquaman at all. So I wasn't sure how the, the, the movie was going to work, but this really impressed me. I thought it looked a lot more exciting than I was expecting. And I know I'm, I'm being rough on Aquaman. If you read the new 52 in there on Aquaman's a cool dude, you know, he's a fantastic character. He's got great powers. But um, I thought Amber Heard looks really, really smoking in this as well. Um, I, <laughs> She, she really wasn't on my radar before um, Justice League. I never really had, had seen her. And she was fantastic as Mera in that. Again, in this, she looks to be quite good. Uh, from the four seconds I saw her in the trailer, I'm making a snap decision. But she, she, did, she looked quite good. Um, I've seen people riding sharks, which I'm a fan of. That's, that's always good. Um, overall, though, it looked really colourful. And when you look at DC being the usual sort of dingy, faded, pressure fest, that it can be to see a DC movie that colorful really impressed me. Yeah, yeah, and uh, my my thing with it was, you know, I put out a post saying I watched it three times. I'm, I'm kind of excited for this now. Aquaman is a character that's been maligned in DC for a very long time. I mean, people my age grew up with Aquaman from, you know, Super Friends, and there's always been a thing well Aquaman doesn't do much Aquaman talks to fish and blah 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 I mean and that's even mentioned in the movies and everything but the water that's, does the talking that's the thing with Aquaman though he is so like people have brushed him off for so long he's kind of a malleable he's kind of you could do anything you kind of want with him I mean okay he's got to be the king of Atlantis he's got to he's kind of got to talk to fish and he, you know but he has this great backstory i mean he has submariner's backstory i mean he's a he's a product of man and atlantean he's you know raised he's a child of two worlds he doesn't belong in either he's a he's a one above all of both and you if somebody were to come along and tell a really great story with aquaman he could be amazing and jason momoa has been kind of a maligned actor at at points but the the guy has a lot of heart, like and it really shows. I think his his best thing he's done is Khal Drago in Game of Thrones, and a lot of people will point to where did he start? Uh, uh, Atlantis, uh, Stargate Atlantis. Yeah. Which um, I, I, there was rumblings about him being people's favorites at the time. Of course, these were a lot of women saying this to me, um, and, and they still say a lot to me about Khal Drago, but. Um, 
you really can tell when he comes through, he's got a little of the charisma of The Rock. You know, he is a really good-looking guy, and he's got that something about him, that charisma that comes through in his roles. And I think it shines in this trailer uh, about this character he's portraying. He, he's portraying this joy to be who he is. Even though that trailer doesn't really, you know, say anything about he's kind of he's kind of unsure about his place in the world. He's, you know, but him as a character on screen is really kind of exciting. And then, if you want me to talk about uh, Black Manta, I can probably yeah, for I an for an hour, but I will not. <laughs> <laughs> I can, love. Can you give us. The abbreviated, abbreviated version. <laughs> I love every second Black Mana is on this screen. The first time he was seen at like uh, uh, that first convention, they showed the the character that that sneaked mm -hmm. out, and that first glimpse we got him on the first trailer. People were like, "Uh," I'm like, "Nope, shut up." This is Black Manta we're talking about here. He is awesome. He is awesome in the in the Super Friends. He is really awesome in Young Justice. If you have not seen the Young Justice cartoon, I love Black Manta and I and oh, yeah. even his son in there. And I can't I can't even remember his name, but uh, they've always done. It's a goofy costume. I understand that. It's been goofy since the character's been created. But people have embraced that. Watch Young Justice. That costume is amazing in that. Watch the... Uh, what is the Justice League movie? Oh, Flashpoint. He's yeah. in that. It looks awesome. And here with uh, Black Manta and his uh, his warriors that are following Aquaman and Mira, that scene is amazing. Loved every minute of it. That, that sold the ticket right there. And then on top of that, the rest of it... In this trailer, the action, the 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 uh, Atlanteans riding seahorses, the people on the sharks, the whole uh, uh, Atlantis in the middle of the desert, all of that looked great. I think I'm in. Wow. wow. Okay. So so I'm glad Stevie's here to join us because th this is a first. Um, I I I watched the Aquaman trailer and absolutely thought it was awesome. I I thought it was it looked like a movie that. Uh, is definitely on the path that I would like to see the DC movies take. I thought it looked entertaining. I thought it looked very action-packed. The The only part that bothers me is the fact that they gave us five minutes of the movie. You know, um, I, I definitely don't need to see as much of the movie out of that five minutes as I did because I like to, I like to see all that stuff in the theater and... If you give me five minutes, I'm I'm gonna watch all five minutes of it. I can't control myself, so the fact that they gave me that means that there's there's five minutes throughout the entire Aquaman movie where I'll be like, oh, I've seen this scene before. Yeah, but um, but don't you think don't you think with the way DC has been talked about, yeah, the way DC's performed, that this this was the right yeah. step. Somebody yeah, went. To... This is something we need to do. Yeah, they had to give up, uh, you know, they, they needed to do this. They needed to show five minutes of it. They needed to show how far they've come. I thought Stevie hit the nail on the head with the colors. You know, I, I, I that's the first thing you notice is it's bright and colorful and the trailer draws you in. You're, you're not watching 
the trailer for BVS where you're like, did somebody just move in the corner of the screen? <laughs> because it, it's so dark that even, you know, the normal movements are, are just, I don't know. Your, your, your eyes are always searching to make sure you're not missing something because you don't really know what's going on. And this trailer totally went 180 from that. <clears throat> Excuse me, from that. And I, I thought it looked great. It, it definitely looks like something that I would go see in the theater. Yeah, awesome. Now, uh, let's talk about another trailer. What did you think oh. of the new Daredevil? Oh, oh, my friend. This this is awesome. I I freaking love Bullseye, you know. The, the story that we appear to be getting from this Daredevil Season 3, you know, uh, Daredevil already of the Netflix originals has led the way on being... Uh, incredible stories that uh, hold up well that draw the the watcher the viewer in and and these trailers that we've been getting recently the the three of them the the two that are concerning Matt Murdock and then now this bullseye trailer just all of them look incredible I am I'm so excited to see where this story takes us yeah what, what'd you think Stevie um, I I really like uh, Daredevil uh, as a TV series and I was a bit worried as where they were going to go with the third um, but bringing in Bullseye who is just the perfect comic book villain I absolutely love him uh, I loved him in the much aligned Daredevil movie when Colin Farrell played him I yes, thought Colin Farrell did a yes. fantastic job yeah, he I'm, was amazing I'm, in that I'm so glad you brought that up that I love that first Daredevil movie. Like I've told Sean and, and everyone before, I used to watch that two or three times a year. Um, and and the first version. Everybody's like, oh, you need to see the director's cut. Nah, I kind of like the first version better. You know, Colin Farrell did a great job as Bullseye. He he kind of exudes charisma in that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this, I saw another Corridor fight. Now, you might be saying, oh, I'm a bit blasé about Corridor fights. I'm not. You see that corridor fight in the first series i still talk about it now i'm talking about it now right yeah absolutely that, that was that was unlike anything we had ever seen uh, action wise on television before and they they've been pastation themselves with having more and more they did it in punisher as well it was a jail cell fight instead of a a deal corridor fights absolutely corridor and, fight. and where they dropped the ball was whenever they did not do that kind of fighting that kind of style and that kind of care in iron fist how how yeah. you how you do that with the character that's supposed to be one of the best martial artists in the marvel universe uh, that that i don't know yeah, the, the the sort of claustrophobic aspect of the fight scenes in Daredevil is what really sells it. And the kingpin, uh, is it Vincent? I can never pronounce it. Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio, right? He, I used to watch him in, I think, was it Law & Order Criminal Minds? Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was a phenomenal actor back then. Even in that, I watched it purely for him. And when I found out he was going to be the kingpin, I couldn't have been happier. And he has done an amazing job. Uh, that the, the scene is it season two or yeah where he uh, he beats the absolute snot out of Matt Murdock in the in the, yes. in the cell. Yeah, I mean that that goes to show how powerful and how strong Kingpin is. Daredevil's at his peak. 
and the Kingpin just destroys him there and then, you know. So how they're going to be, they're, Wilson Fisk is back on the street. He ha- He's out for vengeance. Bullseye's there. I think it's just going to be a really exciting season. I'm really looking forward to it. Ah, yeah, I am. I, uh, I'm so excited for this. I, I thought um, at the ending of uh, the trailer, when obviously it it appears to be Bullseye parading around as the Daredevil, and he, whoever he kicks in the face, and that right there, that is my guess. That it's Karen, and I'm hoping for a little Punisher action. Maybe, maybe if <laughs> you know, if somebody hurts Karen, maybe. Uh, you know, good old John Barenthal will show up and we get a little Punisher versus Bullseye. I, I think that would be fun to mix in as well. That's right. Something that, that I hope they need to nip in the bud um, is that they need to stop revealing their devil's secret identity to everybody in the world. <laughs> this is a problem I have with superhero uh, TV shows and comics full stop, right? Yes, the comics minute... are a big problem with this. Like, I yeah. can't tell you how many times, oh, I'm dead. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm the attorney. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. So what will happen is if so many people know about it, it can't be a secret anymore. It's not a secret identity. Do you know what I would do if I was the kingpin? Right. Clearly, the guy that's causing you hassle can't see. You can see his face is covered. Right. I would round up every blind person in New York and I'd kill them. (laughs) How difficult could that be? There must be even in a population the size of New York. What are you looking at? Maybe 300 blind people? Maybe? Just go out and kill all the blind people. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that, you know, just uh, round them all up. That got dark so, real quick. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go into my criminal enterprise. But no, if 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 even the remotest aspect of Daredevil's secret identity was revealed, you know, oh, he knows a bit about law. Maybe he's a lawyer. I'll round up all the lawyers. Do you know what I mean? It's just a secret identity is a secret, and if they play with it too much, Karen's about to find out. Everybody else already knows. You know, it, it's. It's it just spoils it for me. So, Stevie, Absolutely. since we're on uh, Netflix and dark stuff, have you watched Castlevania season one? No, I have no information on Castlevania, bar the fact that I used to play it back on the 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 Super Nintendo when I was a, a kid. I have no further information. I couldn't tell you if it is a TV show, if it's a movie, if there's a, you know, tell me a bit about it. What, what, what it is Castlevania? Has it grown? Is there a Castlevania fandom now? Well, I mean, it's, it's still small. I mean, uh, Castlevania grew after Symphony of the Night. Uh, Netflix did this wonderful four, how many, how many episodes is it, Sean? Uh, four, eight. I believe four is the season one. Yeah. And, uh, and we're about to get eight out of season two. This wonderful, adaptation kind of like I won't say anime but more like um well Sean yeah, what, what it, do you think anime. it's the closest to yeah I, I think it's anime I, I really do um as long as you don't have you know like it, it, I know you said you wasn't big on anime but this is if you enjoy adult storytelling through cartoon then then this hits that nail directly on the head and is it tells a very dark story of um, Castlevania. Uh, season one does a great job of taking a, a rather long story and condensing it into uh, four just incredible episodes. And we're we, here we are on the verge of getting eight brand new ones this month. Fantastic. I, I love vampires generally. Any sort of vampire thing has my attention. I mean, if I watch Twilight, I can set through anything. 
So I'm definitely oh. gonna give this a go. Oh, oh, you, you're more. You've done more than me. I, <laughs> I, I barely sit in the same room as somebody that might have watched it. Oh, <laughs> nice. Um, I just wanted to bring that up since we're uh, getting into Halloween and we're this month. But one of the things that hit, it looks like title of Avengers Four may have been released. Avengers Annihilation. What do we think of that? You know, Annihilation sounds cool. I I don't know, man. I I truly just you know, we're we're told what it's going to be between comic book news and Reddit. I think we probably had four or five in the past 6 months. So, I, although this one does seem to, you know, hold a little water more so than than many of the others. I don't think it matters what they call it because Annihilation isn't going to be, it's not going to follow the plot of the comics. They've just, they've just taken the name they think sounds cool from things they have the copyright to and they've used it. I don't think they're going to have a giant space opera as the, the next Avengers movie. I can't see it. I don't think so. I think it sounds cool. I think it also could be descriptive of what we've already had go by in Infinity uh, with everybody sort of, oh, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good, um, disappearing for us. But um, whether I can't see them suddenly bringing in the, the Annihilation wave, I don't see it. I don't see it as a plot device. I don't think so. Mm, well, I, I, I kind of like it. Of course, I don't. I also don't kind of like it the way I didn't like Age of Ultron because that wasn't the Age of Ultron story, but that's all comic book stuff, so... Um, but with this news, we also have to address the fact that Chris Evans put out not such a cryptic tweet about saying goodbye to the Marvel Universe when he was done with filming Avengers 4. How do we, how do we feel about that? Goodbye, Captain America. Listen, I already told Michelle, I said, you're not going to go see Avengers with me because I don't want you sitting next to me when I cry. <laughs> All right, I'll so go watch it by myself. And I'll go see it on my Sunday morning matinee, and I'll make sure to sit somewhere where people think I have leprosy if they get near me, and I just want to sit there and be sad all on my own as I watch this incredible movie come to, you know, uh, an ending. Oh my goodness! It it's gonna be, it's gonna be super sad. Like I watched earlier this week. I uh, on a computer at work we have Winter Soldier, and at lunch. I just sat down, and while eating my lunch, I watched the first 20 minutes of Winter Soldier. And when he's going around being Captain America, jumping out of that plane, fighting those terrorists on those boats, I was just like, this is this is Captain America come to life. Chris Evans brings so much to this character, has brought so much to this character. It, you know, it, it's going to be really weird seeing Sebastian Stan... Uh, who I believe will probably take up that shield, take up that mantle uh, without hesitation. And I think he'll do a great job, but he'll never be Chris Evans. I, I'm going to go a step further than Sean. I think Chris Evans is Captain America. Do you know when an actor <laughs> becomes so synonymous with a role? Christopher Reeve, for now and forever, when I think of him, is Superman, right? Absolutely. So now... I don't mean I don't mean that he's typecast. I mean that from now on, whenever I see Chris Evans, he is Captain America. I mean, do you, do people even remember that he played Johnny Storm? No, because he blew 
everybody out of the water with his portrayal of Captain America. If you follow him on Twitter, I actually think Chris Evans might think he's Captain America. I'm not 100% sure that he knows the difference himself. Right. Um, like I like I was like I've said before the the first three Captain America movies are one of my favorite trilogies full stop ever. I mean with Star Wars with Indiana Jones. Absolutely, yeah. Th- those those three Captain America movies are are the best trilogy in the MCU. That's that's absolutely hands down. And I mean, where I mean with with do you, do y'all do y'all believe uh, Sebastian Stan Bucky is is next in line without a doubt yeah. or or do you I, think I, it I, it goes to Falcon? No, 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 I don't think they'll no they'll not give it to Falcon. They've been too busy building up Sebastian Stan. I think they're they're gonna they're gonna stick with uh, with Winter Soldier as the next Captain America. I think. Oh man, it's just I just sit there and I think. How's it gonna happen? Well, what's, what's gonna happen? You somebody, know, it, it's you know, I'm I'm on Reddit, unfortunately, and uh, one of the things I read, well, it was proposed, you know, how the movie or whatever, or a leak or whatever, but this really got me. So, this person proposed that the end, like the the very last scene of the movie, like an end credit scene, is oh. is Chris Evans. You know, after what's happened has happened, Captain America walks into the ballroom, you know, and it it may be a different dimension, place, time, space, whatever, walks to a ballroom, Peggy Carter turns around and says, you're late. They both smile, screen goes black. And then, and then good, keep the screen black for <laughs> five to ten minutes. While I compose myself, because <laughs> my God, man, do you know how many super nerds will be sitting there going, "What, what the heck, man? They pumping pollen into this building? I don't know what's going on. This is ridiculous." I, I, I hope that what happens is exactly as you've described it. We go to the ballroom scene. He walks in, and as he leans in to kiss Peggy, he just goes right up to her ear and goes, "Heal Hydra." <laughs> oh. How do I then, kick? How do I kick off the podcast? I can't kick. The, at, at that point, I want the theater to turn like bright red, violent, flashing colors, and then we just start destroying the theater. If anything like that happens, oh my goodness, that would be so god awful. Suddenly, it's that the room. Terrible. It's the room the others have at the other station on Lost. Ugh. <laughs> oh well. Rick, do you have any local hall this week? I do. I do have a local hall. Um, uh, remember how I was talking about, oh, something I've wanted my entire life that I saw at Toys R Us forever, and I kind of got a Devastator box set. <sighs> wow. So so how many, how many Transformers is that? That's six. That's the entire Constructicon uh, Devastator combiner now did oh, this so did, so did you buy all six individual or no or, it's I mean, a this... it's a box set it is the okay, okay. box set you could only get at christmas uh like at toys r us like wow. in in, in 80, well, 84 uh it's it's the new walmart reissues i mean they have hot rod uh, starscream devastator and they will have the carded uh, bumblebee outback swerve 
Oh, uh, what's the other? Tailgate. Yeah. They have four of the carded mini-bots uh, that have not hit the States yet. They have been out in Canada. Uh, but now the first, the, the, the three boxed figures, the bigger characters, have been released, even here in Arkansas. They're, they're coming out nationwide. That is awesome. I, I, I have nothing this week, but I know Stevie <laughs> said yesterday, you, you do have some alcohol, that is, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do have a local hall, but we need to get back. You're skipping over this too much, right? <laughs> so we need to get back to how you had weeks and weeks and weeks of no local hall. And then all of a sudden, when the <laughs> Batwang makes its appearance, you are, I, I got two! I have two Batwangs! I've got a Batwang up the yin-yang! What can we say? <laughs> he, love, he loves the Batwang! <laughs> yeah, that's it. Let me let me just say, you know, I had no idea. I had no idea there was a Batwing appearance. Um, I, I'm literally sitting at work, just flipping through eBay. Honestly, I'm just flipping through eBay, and on the front page is all these people selling Batman Damned, and I was like, "This looks good." And somebody was like, "This is a new uh." black series you know adult themed batman and i seen it had an alternate jim lee cover and i was just like yeah i'll buy it i had no idea when i purchased it i would be purchasing well i mean my retirement you know i'm just gonna base that all on batman damned and uh in your defense when i pre-ordered it there was also no talk of the wang so i i will i will agree to to allow that I think it may have been just serendipity that it ended up having the the Batwang featured in it. Um, oh, I, I know. Um, I've won one further though than the Batwang. Uh, I also have picked up this week in local hall the first appearance of Peter Parker's Pecker in Spider-Man Reign number oh. one. No. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you you get a gratuitous shot as uh, old man Peter is getting out of bed. For whatever reason, I don't really think it serves the plot much, but at the time, the Spider-Man Rain comic was recalled because of this, and I picked up the uh, the issue that wasn't recalled. And just to even it out, because there is a lot of superhero wang going on there, I also picked up the uh, the issue of Marvel Knights number three that has Elektra Natios nakedness in it, just to balance it out. So basically, I spent money... In in, in a comic shop this week, and I could just have easily went to a store and bought a porn magazine, I think, judging by the amount of mutated I bought. But these little, <laughs> <laughs> these little um, sort of foibles in comics interest me. These are the sort of things that hold their value for a long time. First appearances come and go. They ebb and flow with whether the popularity of movies or if there's going to be things made. But stuff like this, where it's the first ever appearances, unfortunately, it just happens to be genitalia. But I think all three of these comics will hold the value across the years, so that's why I went for those. That is awesome. Nice. I, I love the fact that you <laughs> Peter Parker's pecker. That is, that is freaking hilarious. <laughs> Peter I, Parker I picked that... a peck of pickled peckers. What? <laughs> I'm not trying that. You're a better man than me. <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't have any pickled peckers. That's just really weird. <laughs> that, that's worse than bat wings. I don't know about that. <laughs> Na 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 na. Oh no! No 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 no. Um, in John's case, two bat wings. Yeah, this is true. Two bat wings. Um, 
If no other objections, we can move on to Have You Seen It? Last night, I I wanted to watch a horror movie. I, I was all set. I was ready. I was like, I want to watch a horror movie. I want to have something good to talk about on the podcast. And M- Michelle was just like, you know, I, I don't feel like watching a movie. We, we somehow flipped around for a while, and we found a documentary. And let me tell you, it was it was in the horror section. There is a reason why this documentary was in the horror section. This is this this is about a real life monster. Um, there the the documentary we watched is Tales of the Grim Sleeper, and it basically covered uh, the story of this guy Lonnie Franklin Jr., who, depending on how much uh, evidence you believe. Uh, between somewhere around the mid 1980s uh, through 2012, uh, he lived in South LA and killed anywhere from 18 to 119 women. It is it is still under investigation. Let me tell you the the amount of evidence against this guy is unreal and. If you want to watch a documentary where you actually fear for the lives of the documentarians, holy crap, watch this film. These guys were walking around in in very, very dangerous neighborhoods. Multiple times throughout the documentary, you hear gunfire, and they're like, where's it coming from? And they're like, yeah, 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 that's just a couple blocks away, like straight up war zone gang affiliation type stuff and these guys are trying to do this documentary to find all these people that have uh known this guy and all the friends very interesting very crazy about Lonnie Franklin Jr um if you have Hulu it's Tales of the Grim Sleeper so I, I went to watch a horror movie and ended up watching a real life horror documentary that just totally blew me away. Nice. I watched Christine last night, so I've already talked about it. <laughs> oh my god, this guy is still you got to change it up. You know the Shining's out there. You should have you ever watched Shining? Uh, I've got I got the Shining on Blu-ray a couple months ago. That's that's on the list this month. It's on the list. How about you, Stevie? Do you uh, do you like? Uh, horror films, or have a have you seen it? Do you like scary movies? Thanks very much for that, John. You scared me just making me think about that. Absolutely, um, showgirls, I, terrifying. <laughs> um, I I do like I do like horror films. Um, I'm a fan of Christine too, and hearing you talk about it last week made me want to watch it again because it's been a long time since I've seen that. And that's forget that's John Carpenter as well. He directed it. It's a it's a brilliant movie. But anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. The one I want to talk about, you may argue, isn't a horror film, but it horrified me to such a point that I will try and pass it by the panel. Have either of you guys seen Bone Tomahawk? Oh, no, yes. I haven't, but I wanted to see that. Yes. Uh, you, you, Sean, you've seen Bone Tomahawk, yeah? yes? Yes. Uh, honestly, Rick, this film, I watched this completely cold. I had never heard of it. I seen it in a in a store, and I saw Kurt Russell on the front of it with a big beard. And I thought, this looks quite interesting. I like Kurt Russell. I kind of like westerns. I'm going to give it a go. So I bought it. I took it home. 
and I made myself dinner. I was having shepherd's pie, which is, oh. I don't know if you, you guys have shepherd's pie. You know what that is? Yeah, I, like, I do know what it is, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I'm having shepherd's pie. There's a reason why I'm telling you what I was having for my dinner, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm having shepherd's pie. And the very opening scene in this is there's a, a cowboy sleeping by a fire. And these two guys come to rob the cowboy. And one of them cuts his throat while he's sleeping. And the noise that this makes was the most terrifying, most horrifying thing I have ever seen in film. It's just like... And, oh, it was so realistic. And I had to put my shepherd's pie down. And to this day, I think maybe two and a half years after I watched that, I can't eat shepherd's pie anymore. Uh. It put me off completely. Uh, so the, the plot of the movie is that um, the some people from the, the small western village have been kidnapped by these, these Indians. And the Indians aren't as you imagine Indians to be. These are cannibalistic, more sort of, sort of, how would you go at? Not even cavemen. They're sort of just complete and utter savages. And the horrors that they perform on the people that they kidnap is just, oh, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a scene with a hip flask. And again, if I never see a hip flask as long as I live, I, it, it was horrendous. This movie stayed with me for so long afterwards. I wouldn't say that, that the violence is gratuitous, it's just so cleverly directed and the special effects are phenomenal for such a low budget movie. Um, if you're a fan of horror films and if you're a fan of, of having the, the bejesus skirt out of you, Bone Tomahawk is my firm recommendation. You know what? With, with you saying that, that reminded me. I, I keyed into the idea of a horror movie, not a horror movie, but scared you. And the first thing that flashed was um, there's an old 80s movie that probably everyone my age saw. It was cheesy. It was a Conan ripoff. It was called The Beastmaster. And um, now, have either of you seen this movie? I, I'm trying to think. That is the, is it, it's, not, it's not Kevin Zorbo. Who's in it? I, I know the I, can't, I can see the actor, but I can't think. Uh, Mark, Mark Singer is his name. That yeah. that's it, Mark Singer. I have yeah. seen this. Yes, I have yeah, seen yeah, it. You know it I've was, seen it. Yeah, it you know it was like same time as Conan and blah blah blah, and it was trying to play off of that. But there are these creatures, and I've talked about it before. But there are these creatures in a, in a tree they get to that wrap their wings around you and like I guess envelop you in acid. And when they open their wings, just this this horrifying, not completely bones and and um and muscle and everything just falls i saw that when i was like eight or nine i could not go into an enclosed place for a while. i mean i was kind of claustrophobic after watching that uh, that that movie has some genuinely creepy moments for a kid and and I, that would be my have you seen it just watch beastmaster sometime because uh it's still kind of i, I watched part of it last year and it was still Still brought nostalgia, so I, I like it. All right, all right. I can't, I can't let y'all talk about utterly terrifying scenes that aren't really in horror movies without throwing in my two cents. Um, have I, either of y'all seen the uh, the movie Green Room? Oh yeah, oh Patrick yeah. Stewart. And the, when, and the when, when, it, isn't it? Uh, it, it's not. Is it Elijah Wood or who? Who's the main guy? 
It's, it's on. Uh, Star he Trek, died. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he died not so long ago. It's, is it Breslin? Is that it? Anton Breslin? I can't remember. Oh, name. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was the one that, uh, yeah, the 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 Russian kid that ex- yeah. had the car accident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with the, the scene when he goes to give them the gun and reaches it out the door and they grab his hand and start stabbing with the box cutter. That is one of the most horrific scenes. I I, I watched it once, and I, I think that's all I'll ever watch. That Anton um, Yelchin. Anton gotcha. Yelchin. Yes, I I will I will never watch that scene again. That sent utter shivers down my spine, and I I could not watch that scene again. Utterly terrifying, terrifying to see that thing and to uh, to know what's happening on the other side of that door, and yet. Only get brief glimpses, and then to see the carnage that that follows, whoo! I, I can't, I can't do that. There, there's certain scenes in certain movies that just, they may not be horror, but they are truly horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Sean, I think that about wraps us up, dude. I am so excited this happened, Stevie. Uh, lead the way on the way out of here. Um, Stevie is is starting off. Uh. A podcast. I believe you're solo right now. Is that correct? Just just tell us about your podcast and where people can find you on social media and uh, you know everything you would you would like to say. Go for it. Okay. Well, basically, I, I hope you two guys aren't too litigious because it is a complete and utter ripoff of Not So Southern Gentlemen. I'm taking everything you guys do and I'm just going to distill it and do it myself. It's, it's. I have no friends. I have no one to talk to. So my content has to be good. So there's going to be a. There'll be an element of have you seen it? There's going to be TV shows. I'm going to be talking about movies. I'm going to be talking about uh, the local wrestling scene here in Northern Ireland, which is something I've only just gotten into. I was never a wrestling fan, and all of a sudden I am. So, but because it is me and my on my own, I'll just be sitting in my bedroom talking to myself. So I'm going to try and interview as many people as I can and just uh, have chats with, with friends. I have a friend who's completely obsessed with Sonic the Hedgehog. He may be the world's leading authority on Sonic the Hedgehog. You're thinking, how can some guy know so much about Sonic the Hedgehog? He literally talks about nothing else. Well, I, so, I know I don't want to talk with anything that involves slash fiction. So, uh... yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> or Knuckles, for that matter. Yeah, yeah. Oh! Um, Mm. Yep. Yeah. So there I'm, it went. The podcast just went X. Yeah. <laughs> so what's yeah. it going to be called? It's going to be called the Other Worlds Podcast, and the reason for that is my favorite author is Stephen King, and in the uh, Dark Tower, uh, when one of the characters, Jake Chambers, has been left for dead by Roland Deshane, he turns to him and says, "Go then. There are other worlds than these," and pretty much that's where, as nerds, or or you know people who are in the fandom we spend a lot of our time in these other worlds in these other universes be it star trek star wars whatever the case may be so i just want to, to take a look every week at different sort of things that i'm enjoying i suppose essentially it's just going to be a diary and podcast form but it, it, it it's something i really think i'll get a, a lot out of and it's going to be a lot of fun doing it so That's i have a web awesome. sorry I have a website at the minute. It's it's www.otherworldsandthese.co.uk. It's just a it's a blog at the moment, but that's where the podcast will show up when it's done as well as Podbean and you know iTunes and that sort of stuff. Give that to us one more time so everybody can get it. Kind of slow. Yeah, it's uh, it's www. You old people out there, otherworldsandthese.co.uk. 
Awesome. Awesome. And social media, uh, where can they find you on Twitter? And uh, you do have a Facebook page yet. Yeah, no, no Facebook page yet. There will be one, but at the moment, it's my personal Twitter is at JohnnyUtah66. You can catch me there if you want to give me a follow. That's awesome. I cannot wait, dude. Um, I, I definitely look forward to listening to this podcast, and uh, it will, as soon as it's out there, you tell me, and I'm going to hit that subscribe button. Um, on Absolutely. social media, yeah, on, on social media, I'm on Firo, uh, most active. Um, at Sean Thomas, and on Twitter, uh, I'm at Maynard98. At Ricky Westbrook on Twitter, you can search Not So Southern Gentleman on Facebook. Give us a message, email, hype us Hit up. Hit us up. Yeah, hey, hey, it, it, it's fun. Hey, Stevie, what, what's our email address? <laughs> it's uh, not so southern gentleman at gmail.com. You see, I do know the email address, and I don't have to give it out every week, so maybe if you guys learned it, it would be a lot easier, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. For Not So Southern Gentlemen, I'm Sean. I'm Ricky. I have been honored to be here today. I'm Stevie. Awesome. We, we great- thank you so much. Y'all have a great one. Bye.